0: Jeff Fenn was working in a corporate bubble. A pension, a nine-to-five, a boring commute. But Jeff wanted autonomy, to spend time with his family, to work out, to surf, and enjoy the things that matter to him. Suiting up every day as a corporate IT director was never going to give him that.
1: I literally felt like a rat in a cage, you know, like, hey, run on your little hamster wheel, suck your water all day, and like run back home to where you live at the beach looking across the table at guys that maybe could have been my dad. and I was like, I cannot do this for you know, another 20 or 30 years until I get a pension.
0: Jeff quit his job to start Create Studios, a web design and digital marketing company. At first, it was exactly what he wanted and he exceeded his salary goals. But after a health crisis, Jeff realized things weren't working. He'd become a master technician, focused on the day to day he couldn't see his business as an asset or how it was going to serve his life in the long term. He was done building websites. His passion was gone. Something needed to change. Then he met Emith coach Kay Robinson.
2: When I first met Jeff, his first comment was, I dread going to my office. And I have a successful company. I don't have a cash flow problem. Our revenues are up. I dread going to work.
0: Now, after only nine months, Jeff loves going to work. The difference is night and day. He's leading his team rather than managing their projects. His employees feel purpose in their work and ownership over their positions. Create Studios is growing into the business Jeff always dreamed it could be. I'll be talking with Jeff and Kay on this month's episode of On It, a production by Emith. Each month, we tell the stories of owners and how they transformed their companies. You'll learn about their struggles, their successes, and the changes they made to create the business they always wanted. One that, in the end, serves the life they want to live. I'm Martin Kamensky, CEO of E-Myth. E-Myth is the original business coaching company. And over the last three decades, we've worked with tens of thousands of business owners to help them systematize their business, improve their bottom lines, and find more meaning in their work. Schedule a free 1-hour session with an Emith coach at emith.com. That's e m y t h.com. We'll personally match you with a coach based on your industry, location, and what help you're looking for. You'll have a real coaching experience and learn the steps necessary to produce both immediate results and long-term change. Learn more on our website emith.com. So, I want to start off by thanking both of you, uh, both Kay and Jeff, for joining us today and talking a bit about Jeff's business, Create Studios.
1: Glad to be here. As well.
0: Excellent. So let's start off just by Jeff letting you share with everybody listening uh, the quick synopsis of what your business is about and how you got started doing what you do.
1: Sure, so I've been somewhat of a techie slash creative Way back in the day, I got a computer science degree and minored in graphic design, and in the early 2000s, I did the corporate thing and worked at a 200-person IT shop, quickly went into management and managing coders and working in different parts of that. Got sick of driving downtown 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes every day, and just kind of plateaued there after six and a half years, and I mainly started this business in 2005 here in Jacksonville, Florida to Just have a sense of autonomy. Uh, It was kind of what's described in the Emyth book. Um, You know, hey, I'm doing this here. I can do this better on my own. Uh, And I went out and achieved that. And the focus was web design at the time. Now it's web design and online marketing. And as of right now, here in 2016, we exist to grow businesses with beautiful web design and help them with measurable results as they, you know, trudge the world of the digital landscape everybody's digital, everybody's mobile, everybody's online. So uh, that's what we do, and we're a merry band of six, including myself, and we have a few writers and uh, overflow coders we use, but our team is, is six, and yeah, you know, we've celebrated year 10 back in October.
0: Wow. That's, that's worth some congratulations. That, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, tell me what it was that you realized at that point, when you were at your corporate job, before you started off on your own, uh, what was it that you realized about that job that made you choose to go in a totally different direction?
1: Sure. So I, the IT shop, so it was a 2,000 person company, it was a municipality, um, so water, electric wastewater, and a 200 person strong IT department. I was a interim director at the time, so it was the CIO and ten of us. I really enjoyed the fellowship with camaraderie. I really enjoyed the job. Then I mean, when I left, the CEO talked to me on the way out and he's like, is there anything we can do to change your minds? And for years I knew I could go back there. So very stable, pension driven kind of place. But here I am, I think I was like twenty-eight at the time, I'm thirty-nine now. Looking across the table at guys that maybe could have been my dad, who I highly respected, I was like, I cannot do this for you know another twenty or thirty years until I get the pension. And being the young rambunctious kid I was, I just pulled the ripcord all on good terms. I I had a plan and I did it and just left. And uh, the rest is history. A lot of history in that ten years, but yeah, I was just I was bored. I mean, it was a civil service mindset. It was the same day in and day out. And don't forget, I hate lines. I hate lines at Disney World. I call ahead to order food if I'm going to pick it up. Like, I have four lines. So traffic is like the line of all lines. So I literally felt like a rat in a cage, you know, like, hey, run on your little hamster wheel, suck your water all day, and like, run back home to where you live at the beach. Yeah, I live at the beach, and, and it's quite different from downtown. So those were the drivers, mm-hmm. that autonomy, and the fact that I looked across the room, and I was just like, no, this is not me for the next 20 or 30 years.
0: So, all right, we, we heard about how you got started and what, what kind of drove you out of that job. Um, Jeff, maybe you, maybe you can tell me what that was like. Talk to me about the experience you had when you first set off on your own and your business was yours and you started ramping things up.
1: Yeah, so I'll give you the first one to three years. So, all right, so the year is 2005. I launched out on my own in fall. And I love autonomy. So I'm working at home. I only have one child at the time. He's like one years old. Uh, I have four now, ages 11 to four. So the house was a lot quieter. There was a space at home. And um, yeah, it was kind of funny. I would just keep the same habits. Like if I didn't start work by eight, I felt guilty. And I like surfing a lot. So if I was out surfing, I was like checking my watch. And um, the first big mistake I made was I had a lot of safety notes. I could have always gone back to the place I worked. And even three years ago, we might get to that later, I actually considered going back when Google really changed their algorithms and kind of wrecked my recurring revenue model. But so I knew the door was open there. And I had about $15,000 to burn through in savings. And I had forecasted maybe... You know, I don't know what I needed at the time. Maybe I needed four or five grand after taxes to live on. So I probably had about nine or 10 grand in business forecasted. So I was like, oh, two or three months kind of covered, you know, two or three months with the savings covered. The first major lesson I learned, though, is, boy, you stack those deals up. And with any kind of project, uh, website projects, too, just things take longer than you thought. So I was uh, dipping Mm. those savings hard. Uh, for the first six months and, and after six months I turned a corner and it, it wasn't so like oh my god you know like if I gotta take two thousand dollars out of the savings again or three thousand this is gonna get kinda sketchy and once again I always knew I could go back to the place I worked so there, there wasn't a true fear there but there was definitely a fear of this is not gonna work out but in six months it just started clicking and then I was like superstar technician so I'd have some really high points have some really days that were a lot busier than I wanted it's kinda like when you're the solar technician, it's always feast or famine. Uh, when you're busy, it starts to bury you. So you're you're like grateful there's stuff going on, but you're like ending your day longer, later than you want, you're starting earlier than you want. And then when it's you know kind of famine-ish, you're not like, hey, I'm going surfing or gonna go hang out with the kids, you're like, dang, this 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 prospect better sign up. Hurry, hurry. So I went through a lot of that. Overall, though, I liked the autonomy, obviously. I stuck with it. And, um, you know, I wore that technician role and kind of did everything for the the first two or three years and lightly experimented with outsourcing.
0: Hmm. And what brought you to that breaking point where you were really honestly considering just giving that up and going back to the corporate gig?
1: Yeah, so it's a pretty emotional story for me. So when I was 35, in the year 2011, I got very sick. I had just this, this infection, and I couldn't diagnose it. So from like December to February, I basically just ran a fever and had night sweats. And I ended up in the hospital for 18 days uh, on antibiotics. And, you know, I have these four little kids. And when I woke up from that, you know, my view of life just sporadically changed. I don't think I'd ever really faced hardship, to tell you the truth. And then a year later... Um, so I, I get through that you know I'm alive I'm doing okay um, a year later Google changed the algorithm updates and at that point I was kind of a glorified technician so I had myself like doing all the sales kind of doing you know 95 percent of the communication then I had people doing the work underneath me and we were kind of at a place where I was finally you know in a way printing money we had a very uh, good model where we could rank uh, companies quickly. I mean, we had companies ranking for like Home Insurance Florida, spot number three, spot number seven, spot number 10. We were number one for Web Design Jacksonville. And it was all these link building practices, which people may or may not have heard of. And we we made through many updates. And then this one just dropped all those rankings. So all the number ones and threes went to 10. And within 30 days, they were like a 100. So at that point, I was just like, Dang, I don't have an in-game for my business. Like I got a glorified job right now. And granted I got this good like lifestyle and I'm not tied to any corporate grind, but what do I really have? And so the thought of retirement and buying back some years of this pension-driven place I was at, because I could buy back six years and you know you can retire with twenty to thirty-two years. And I went and talked to them and they were like, Yeah, sure, come on back. Uh, it was tempting, but that was honestly really a fear response. Obviously, when I got deathly ill. And recovered and then had the Google thing happen. I was just kind of in catastrophic mode. So yeah, I strongly considered. They actually made me a job offer. They drug their feet for nine months. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. But when they finally said, hey, we're going to execute, I was just like, I'm sorry. You know, my heart's not in this. Like, let's stop it. And they were like, okay.
0: Wow. I, um, I, first of all, just thanks for sharing that. It, I, I can tell a, it obviously impacted you in a huge way. You know, you, it was a, a personal realization. It's it's funny whenever things like that, when your body jumps up and tells you something that something's off. Um, And it can be, I, I've heard stories from a lot of different people and, and about a lot of different things. But the bottom line is that it, it's a good wake up call sometimes. Um And, Seems like it at least spun you in a good direction at the end. Um, I, Kay, I wonder if if you've encountered before. So if you think about where Jeff was at in terms of um, having started out, and then he he's built a job for himself basically, and and he's his own employee and he's doing all the work. How often is that? what you're seeing when you encounter a new client
2: most often is an owner who started a business that they're good at or they had a good idea about and they started and they're the technician they get it going they get it successful and they go okay I'm tired of being the technician I need to do this a different way I want I want to have my life um so that's a really common story um for business owners when they when they contact us and say How do I stop being the technician? How can I become the leader of my business? When I first met Jeff, his first comment was, I dread going to my office. And he said, and I have a successful company. I don't have a cash flow problem. Our revenues are up. I dread going to work. And it was because he was still being the technician. And he was, in the life of a business owner, being the technician is often the first step. But then you evolve and you grow and you realize, okay, that's not, that's not where I want to stay. It's kind of the same thing, the job he was, in, I don't want to stay here. And so when he said that, I got a big smile on my face because that's the sign. That's the sign when a business owner is ready to become the leader on their business when they said, I dread going in and doing one more technical thing.
0: Hmm. and Jeff what was that conversation like for you the first time you connected with Kay
1: sure so um, I got to pick up there's one last little part to the story that's cool so in 2012 Hmm. when Google slapped us hard revenue went up 40% that year annually so here I am in May going I'm printing money on recurring revenue woohoo and by when that thing happened, the Google update, and I thought I'd be out of business by fall because when I got recurring revenue, a component of that in our business, and it's 50% right now of our business is recurring and we're growing it, cash flow just smoothed out, so I was just like I'm done in fall. The ironic thing was, revenue grew 40% that year. We got really back into web design again. We had never left it, but then that started this, uh, so that was 2012, and Kay and I started in 2015. This three-year journey of me growing the company, but just not... um, I mean, I've been doing it so long by then, right? It was year seven, eight, and nine. It was just uninspiring. I had all my employees virtual, even if they were in the same city I was in. So it was kind of like, how quickly and efficiently can I get through the day to maximize you know, Jeff's world and Jeff's life? And there was no people, interaction, vision. Um, So that just got freaking old. I remember at that point, I turned down going back to corporate. So then I was just like, kind of devil damned, I was just like, I knew I shouldn't have gone back to corporate, so I wasn't regretting that, but I was just like, oh my God. Is this like how, I was like, I cannot work the way I'm working now for in ten years, if I'm working the style I'm working now, I don't like want to shoot myself, so to speak. So that that was kind of the crisis in three years mm-hmm. of pain. So when I first had a conversation with Kay, mm-hmm. I kind of dabbled in the waters. I mean we all have like, you know, flip book and zeit and these reader things and top five tips to be an entrepreneur and, you know, 2016, set your vision. But I, I told, um, K. that was like, you know, just snacking off chips and thinking you're going to have a sustainable meal and like take care of your body. So I just kind of dabble with stuff. I even started the e thing on my own, you know, just do it without a coach. And so, yeah, I was just kind of walling around. I get, you know, three steps forward and take three back. I go for, up, go back to step one. So I just felt like I was going nowhere. And then with Kay, I had a really good uh, connection
0: now that you're looking back on it. Can you attribute the going three steps forward, four steps back to anything in particular, for like what was missing about that time in which you were trying then that's different now?
1: Okay, So in the the three years, so from 2012 onwards, the financial success was pretty good for me, The, the hours were reasonable, but I had no company culture. There was no vision for Create Studios. There was no human interaction. So I would go to this really cool office I had by myself, lots of space, and I'd say hi to some of the other tenants there. But I mean, it was just lonely. I mean, not because I'm sitting there going, oh, I wish someone would talk to me. But it's just like day in and day out, just felt like you push the rock up the hill every day and it just rolls back down. It just felt kind of purposeless and meaningless. And Heck, I mean, web designs are great. And all. trust me, I'm passionate about technology. But you know, I've been doing them seven years, so it was just like, oh, it was just grindy, you know. And you know, the grind wasn't that bad. I was working about 30 hours a week and making good money, but it was just kind of killing my soul. Hmm.
0: So, Kay, what was the first step you took with Jeff to turning this business into something that wasn't going to crush his soul?
2: Well, one of the important things for for Jeff is his life, his family, his kids, his church, and his business. And so the first thing was to um, talk to him about changing his relationship to his business so that his business could serve his life And and to refine that passion that he had for this business that he created. He started it with great passion. So what he's said earlier, which is really true. They had no vision. They had no culture. It was just work. So we started with that. We started with, in the E-Myth terms, what is your value? What is your passion? What is your purpose? And we started there.
0: And Jeff, I, I'm just imagining you to be a results-oriented, get it done. Where's it at? What do I have to do? Let's knock it out kind of person. At least that's what I'm picking up so far in talking with you. And what was that like, the idea that you were going to start off this experience by talking about your values and your vision?
1: Yeah, so a twofold answer there. Personally, I love to journal, meditate, pray, all that stuff. So I'm down with doing that all day long. So the personal vision passion purpose thing came pretty easily as soon as we turn the corner because that's module one as soon as we turn the corner to module two the company stuff I and and by the way so when Kay started this is a good point um Kay was like hey all you need to do is like five or six hours a week can you commit five or six hours a week to not doing technician and managerial stuff and I was like yeah um having worked a certain way for like nine years at that point it was a bit challenging but I did it but then what would happen is she's like all right you know, your exercise for this next two weeks is to work on the company vision. And here I am like, vision smidgen, you know, so I'd literally sit out on the porch at work and I would just I can write all day long and communicate all day long, but I was like, who gives a rat's tail about like they're just websites, this, that, and other. So Kay's first big step was just to realign me of why and I know this sounds funny, because we really did have there was a culture there and there was a sales process in certain things. So when you you met me as a a salesperson, it was all alive and fun and we're gonna do all these great things. But Inside Kay really had to realign me and get me in touch with how much websites and online marketing do impact a business and how important they are today and how much how your employees could care to know about that and learn that. So honestly that was a huge mind shift and every uh, mindset and Every time I sat down to work on like vision and culture, oh my God, it was just so painful. But once I got through that and I saw some of the first fruits of it amongst my team and inside internally, I was hooked. I was just like, let's go.
0: Kay, what, what was one of those first really impactful changes that you saw happening coming after that?
2: The thing that I saw, the immediate result were, was that his staff responded because he immediately started sharing his vision with the staff. And they used to come together as a group and talk about projects like, where's this project? Where's that project? And Jeff made a shift from, you know, being a manager and a technician to learning how to be a leader. And I think that that was when he had that vision and he was posed to share that with his staff. The staff responded because people really do want leadership. They love when they see that the company has a vision, that there's a direction that they're going. And Jeff already had really good people. And when he started to show his leadership, which he didn't realize he had in him, but he's actually a great leader, just naturally. So when he brought his vision to his staff and shared it with them, they cared. And they responded to him as a leader. And I think that really changed the whole energy of the company for Jeff and for his staff.
0: Wow. So, Jeff, what was that like for you? Turning from a technician and sometimes a manager into a leader, Did were you even aware that that was the kind of a transition you were making at that point?
1: No, and, and I... <laughs> You know leadership is so cliché and Stephen Covey's 7 habits and you know blah 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 but all that stuff is actually really true. I'm a bit of a rebel so I don't like to use the word like I'm a leader and I'm going to be a leader in the community and a leader of my family this the another but with that said uh this thing that's best described on this podcast Ness is leadership it really works and it's not so much about you know thinking you're going to you know be on a stage like Dale Carnegie or uh Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I guess, casting a vision and kind of like calling people to a higher place. And in doing that, I got called to a higher place. And, of course, I loved it because I've been kind of doing this variations of the same thing for, at that point, nine years. So I loved it, and then the staff loved it. It was really funny, the team meetings, um, we would meet, and they would always turn in the project updates. So I kind of knew in my head I needed to have, like, these all-team meetings, and then they would turn in these painful project updates when Kay had that switch flip, the first meeting we had was in August, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd spent many hours on our company culture, which we already had a culture at that time, and it was pretty good. Um, uh, so once we got it on paper and identified it, that was like the best, funnest meeting, and so then we had another one, and then we came up with this like, kind of mission statement, which is to grow businesses online with beautiful design and measurable results. So now everything we do, is it beautifully designed and, you know, is it measurable? Is it going to have an impact on their business? And at first I was just like, oh, we're going to come up with some cheesy website for small to medium businesses tagline BS. But we really believe in that. So, you know, from establishing the culture to getting kind of what we're about as a company it just created this momentum and this thing that became shared among us and kind of became definitely bigger than, than my head in space alone and bigger than the individual team members head in their space. And it's like we kinda of all united, kinda of like that moment at the concert when everybody sings along. That's like the moment you look for. So that's kind of a, a analogy of how it, it came together. We kinda of all got in the same room and sang the same songs and looked at each other and, and just identified and and honestly, I'm I'm not trying to be too magical or mystical here, but that started in August, and like things are night and day. Here we are now, you know, end of January 2016, and I actually enjoy going to work. I don't count hours uh, at the clock of how many, you know, how long I'm working in a day, and I just enjoy being with the people, and I enjoy growing it, and I've seen the fruits of it, and you know, I'm kind of hooked. There's so much more to come if we collectively, as a team and as a company, keep at this. And yes, as a leader, using that word, I'm at the helm, and you know, I enjoy it. It's just what's supposed to be happening right
0: now. Well, I got to say having somebody at the helm, I won't call you a leader if you don't want me to (laughs) having, (laughs) having somebody at the helm who is that fired up and passionate about, about creating the vision and sharing it and then seeing the results happen that you are what's making that magic happen. It is magical. It's magical in a way what, what it's like to put a spark in a company and see it take off. Uh, And you got to know that your team and your people are benefiting from it just as much as you are. You know, you you may love coming to work now and that's a huge change for you. But it's having it's got to be touching the lives of everybody on the team. Have you heard any stories or do you have any anecdotes about what your team is feeling now since this change has taken place?
1: Sure, so there's, there's four of us that are customer-facing. Um, the, the, the first one, and she came on board about a year and a half ago. She has a master's in organizational psychology. Uh, she's brilliant. So she was already helping push me in this direction, um, and that was good. And we have two younger staff. They're, they're college graduates, university graduates with marketing degrees. They're about two or three years out of uh, the university. And, yeah, I mean, they just responded real well. They're in that stage in life where it's young and it's fun, and they love our culture. And then finally, the coder, our main coder, main designer, they've been on board for a long time, like like four years and maybe three years. They were already fully committed to, to create studios. They just never got to put it in words or celebrate it amongst, you know, the team members. So they really were just like, this is great. And, like, I saw a passion and a commitment from them, which I kind of knew was already there because we had years under our belt. But it just it made me smile and chuckle. And I don't get very sentimental at work. I'm kind of like like, let's get it done, you know. Um, and so once again the young people are just on, along for the ride they've kind of lucked out coming in at the right time and then that's where the the other team members fell in this this like transformation that's been going on
2: so what I would like to add is all of that is true and it was great but the same process also pointed out another staff person who was not on board who was not aligned to the company culture who really didn't share the values um, and so it pointed out one position that actually was not working. And once Jeff had really gotten everyone on board and gotten the vision in place and the values and we didn't mention, but we also he also established the company brand. And once he established the company brand, he realized that one person didn't fit. It wasn't working for her, it wasn't working for him, and so it gave him the the leadership to help her leave the company and bring in someone who was more aligned to the company brand, the vision, and the culture. And so that was a really good transition, I think, for her and for the company.
0: Absolutely. that's It's not uncommon at all when you bring, so what the vision and defining the brand and actually talking about the culture in a way that you can write down where it's clear what you're bringing is clarity. And there's a way that when you bring new layers of clarity to a company, things like this it, it rise to the surface. Uh, and the, the more clear you are about it, actually, the easier it is to see where you have people who are aligning with you and who are part of your camp and where you have people who aren't, aren't fitting anymore. Uh, I can only imagine the change that had for you jeff and, and not just on the team and the team chemistry you know when has i'm sure got better as as you, you realize that everyone here is really marching to the same beat or or singing the same song it, it's, it's got to have an impact on the bottom line too
1: yes absolutely martin
2: the other result from that was when jeff went to replace that position we used the um We created a position agreement, which is something he didn't have before. So, whoever he was going to hire in this actually was one of the most important positions in the company because it supported the recurring revenue, which is a major product and service of Create Studios. Jeff took the time to learn how to create a position agreement that really clearly outlined the results. For this position and the standards and he, he put in the company brand and his values in this position agreement. So when he rehired for the position, he got the right person. He got someone who really was passionate about the job.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I want to make a segue here, Martin, to the position agreements and that staff mentoring process, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, go for it.
1: So my my e-myth leadership experience has been, you know, my personal vision and mission, didn't have too much of a problem with that. Company, culture, vision, brand, struggled through that, but finally got it there, saw it resonate among my team, and then the next step was writing these position agreements. We really love attention to detail, and, like, since, since we have a lot of autonomy, like, you can come in at 8, you can come in at 10 in the morning, generally our hours are, you know, 10 to 6, we have a lot of flexibility around that, but you have to get the work done, too, so... These position agreements were awesome, and it turned into, with the customer-facing people on my team, I meet with them weekly, and we would go around to like, different breakfast and coffee shops around town, and I'd do the, the two meetings back-to-back, and um, it was another moment. So I saw my company light up when I had this, this culture vision meeting and started having true leadership team meetings, not project update meetings. And then I saw people light up when I put down this super long position agreement, which probably took eight, 10 or 11 hours to get the first one and six or seven to get the second one. But when it was done, <laughs> it was clear to them and me that, yeah, this is definitely what this role about, is about. And it captured the vision. It had strategy in there. And now, because the promise in the position agreement is that the the employees, the team members will own those positions and jobs and they will... Just, just take ownership of. And that's exactly what's happened. So in this weekly mentoring meeting that I have going on, I've just seen the, the team members come alive and just own their position and, and bring problems and solutions all at the same time. And then if anybody ever needed to be let go, which is not the case right now, it would be abundantly clear to them uh, and myself that it's not working out, you know, after we go through some 30-day trials and chances. So I would suggest for the people out there listening, if you don't have written agreements with your people, and specifically using the the EMTH model with the position agreements has been pretty brilliant. I mean, you're way missing out. Your staff performance can go up just so much further. And guess what? That did to my stress level and my ability to back off technical and managerial work. It took a tremendous amount off. So now I had more time to apply to this other stuff that we're talking about in the podcast. So for me, um, I'm so so on position agreements. And right now we're in the process of. Getting them down to not just the customer-facing people, but the designers and coders. And with them, we're not going to have weekly meetings, but monthly. So everybody will have a position agreement. They'll all know exactly what they're held accountable for. And you know, on a monthly basis, and then a weekly basis for others, they'll be bringing to the table how their job is going, how they're holding up to the standards, what problems are they encountering and solving. Like what what strategic changes do does their role need to make in the bring all that to me now. Whereas before. It was all in my head, or dissatisfactions in my head, or things like
0: that. I, I love how you put that, Jeff, because position agreements, or as many people who are listening who aren't familiar with that exact process or what that means, it's, it's not too far different than a job description, but it, it's like a job description and then some. Uh, it's not the most tantalizing part of the business to be talking about. There's, there's nothing revoli- revolutionary about position agreements on the surface. But like you're talking about when you dig below it and you see it as yet one more tool to bring a little more clarity about what you mean to your team, that's that's where the magic is. Because you know in your head and in your heart what you're trying to do and what you hope to see. But until you find ways to communicate this to your people, uh, it's not going anywhere. It's just living in you and your team is walking around wondering whether or not they're on track. Agreed. Yeah. I, I want to, I'm wondering, Jeff, um, I want to go back for a second and talk a little about mentoring people in, in, those, in those meetings. I think the idea of mentoring and, and mentorship is something that a lot of business owners who are, who are just getting started in the work or people listening who might not have ever done any kind of business development work formally, it can be maybe intimidating or or, or at the least uh, something that you might not be as confident in as you are in other things you do, like the technical skills you have. Was there anything that prepared you for taking that next step and having starting these mentoring meetings and working with your team in that way?
1: Sure. So, I mean... There's no achievement without some sense of courage. And the opposite of courage is fear. So as a person doing this EMA thing, as any business owner who's listening or potential business owner, you always have to overcome things. in this case, for sure, especially if you haven't run things that way for a while and all of a sudden you show up and you slap this seven-page document on the table and you're like, hey, this is how your role is going to go now. and like, I'm now your superstar <laughs> coach. Like, I got great advices <laughs> for you. You know, so, yeah, if you look at it from that angle, it's not going to go, go well. But the first meeting, yeah, is awkward. But as a business owner, if you're committed to it and you've truly documented what this person may have already been doing, if you hadn't done one, or if it's a new position, they come in, you know, you got a clean slate. But the bottom line was, as soon as they saw that and they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. And wow, I do a lot. And this is me then team member looking at like all these things. And oh, wow, now I can do some strategy where this, that, and the other. It becomes not so much about Jeff, the leader has sat down before thee and shall coach thee into thy future. It's more like, well okay wow I really get what you want out of me and I really get how my position you know affects the vision and the culture and like what it's supposed to do for the company and it quickly becomes a shared thing that's on the table between you and then if in my case you know I met with these employees every week um it just creates a killer bond there you kind of know if something's going on personally or professionally and you you it's I can't recommend it more. I, I guarantee you most of the business owners out there are probably like being absentee bosses. who so are like out doing all kinds of sales or doing this and they're mad about this and then they're really happy about this and if you're the employee sitting there watching all this and especially if you're getting kind of sick of the company or your pay is not where you want or the camaraderie is not there, I mean the employee doesn't really care. Like the business owner cares by default and the employees don't care. So when you do this position agreement, they're like, oh, this is mine. I can own it. I can work it out. The boss likes it. I see how it fits with the boss. And it gives them a real sense of identity and purpose and place in the company. So I really, I'm I'm, I'm not overselling this. Most business owners don't do this. Why? Because team members have come to work for me and they've told me what's going on in other cultures and places like that. And you know, you're missing out. So yeah, the first meeting, a little scary and hard, but as soon as you get past that first hump, it's one of those things that has immediate massive returns. And some of that could be someone leaving the company or someone stepping up and, you know, they were a B minus C player, and now they're performing at like a B plus and A minus level. And you're like, kudos to you, team member. Like, you're, you're crushing it. Like, let's keep this up. So that's been my experience in the, well, how long i have been doing it, K, Maybe just a few months now. I think I started in December and it's, you know, turn of February, Started in November.
2: So the, the change that I saw in you, Jeff, um, when I, we first started working together, um, you were managing the work of your people. And the change that I saw in you is you started mentoring them in the work that they did with you. So there was a, um, a significant change in how you perceived or interacted with your staff and you became more of a mentor to help them do a good job to help them understand and support them in doing the work that they actually wanted to do. And that was really different than managing their work.
1: That's right on.
0: And the, the beautiful thing, in my opinion, about position agreements for the staff, I love what you said about it really shining light on areas of the company that they could get involved in or, or have more responsibility in and that they, they really feel ownership for their, their role. The thing that I love beyond that is it lets them know when their work is done, you know, like when when they've had when they've done their job. A, an employee without a position agreement to me is like somebody who can never honestly say I did my work, because the the bounds of what you could do is infinite, right? You yeah. If, yeah. if you're if you're in marketing and your job is to try to drum drum up sales, and there's not some goals set or some tasks that you're supposed to do to make that happen or some structure to it, then how, how many leads do you need? Uh, all, all of the leads, like infinity leads. That's how many we want. We want as much as possible. So when, when do you as an employee ever get to feel like, yeah, I nailed my work this week?
2: Well, that's interesting you say that because one of the things that Jeff is really, really good at and he, because he does it for his clients, he also is doing it for his company. He's very good at metrics. Um, and that's important to some of the products that he provides to his clients to show results. But his staff use metrics and he uses metrics so they know exactly if their strategies are working.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's beautiful. I'm sure it's wonderful for you, Kay, that, to have somebody that's oriented that way because so much of the work that, that you all are doing has to do with, measuring the numbers. And and Jeff's orientation to getting measurable results just connects and slots
2: in perfectly. But it also helps him look at, we tried this strategy. Did it work? And so he knows and then they can adjust.
1: We had that happen today actually. Kay and I had a coaching call today and it's Jeff's, Jeff's personal time management plan for 2016. And and the first couple weeks failed miserably. So we made adjustments because the the goals were just not accurate. And it was right. Didn't that just happen today? Can I (laughs) remember? That was awesome. Uh,
0: Tell, tell me beyond time management, what's on tap for this coming year, Jeff? What, what is your next year going to hold?
1: So in the EMIF program, um, there's this full annual plan that's broken out by quarter and by month. So Kay and I have done quite a bit of review of 2015, what worked, what didn't. And then we did this free brainstorming exercise where I just grabbed what I thought was important for 2016. And we've distilled that down. So now we kind of have a loose roadmap for 2016 by quarter. And we have a tight roadmap for actually what's going down in this first quarter. And it's great because, you know, I meet with the team now, and I can be like, hey, a little bit of what happened last year, you were part of it, you know it. But from the 30,000-foot view, this is how it looks. And from the 30,000-foot view, this is where we're going next year. And in these um, quarterly goals, different team members have things to do. So they're going to get new work right there that's going to help create studios go where it needs to go in 2016. So that's been uh, super exciting. It's been, um, you know, it takes a lot of focus. Uh, Many of us started out 2016 with personal goals and and business goals, and we all know the statistics about fulfilling those, but by golly gee, we're we're getting it done. (laughs) So we have a killer team. Uh, Revenue growth will be a tremendous thing we're gonna focus on. We have the ability to add on quite a few more customers without additional overhead right now. we're going to try to be the best digital marketing company we can be for ourselves. It's always the cobbler has no shoes thing happens to business owners. Uh, They might be an accountant, but they have the poorest books or, you know, they might be a, you know, a paver company and they have like old broken down cement driveway. So being the best digital company we can for ourselves. and everybody's going to have a, a, a position agreement, right? A job agreement this year, that's going to be new. And then finally, um, I'm heading towards, um, there's a natural arc as a business owner, and Kay and I were talking about this today. You go from a technician, and then you go more into, like, marketing and sales, and then finally you can get your hands off most aspects of the businesses set leadership. So this year, I'm going to build out the first sales team member and, like, the first official manager of, you know, getting things done. And I'm sure it's going to go pretty darn smooth. As with anything in business, this it has its bumps, but I'm confident with the, the tools and the focus and the accountability that the coaching brings it will get done. Will it be 100 percent right? No, but it will be certainly better than, like, like bounds better than it was three or four years ago because nothing like this existed.
0: I I love that. And if you can send me the position agreement with the title listed as manager of getting things done, uh, I, I want to <laughs> hang it on my want to hang it on the wall in my office. That sounds that's amazing. I love that. I'm I'm a little blown away by the fact that you just started this. How would you compare where your business has gone in the last seven months to what the first 10 years were like?
1: There's this um, you know, archetype, this, this uh, mythical figure who pushes the rock up the hill every day and it rolls back down and he wakes up and pushes it up and rolls back down. And I was providing for my family. I was working the number of hours a week I wanted. I, I did have decent financial success, but it was just purposeless. And after a while, it was just not exciting or fun being the technician gets very old. So in this this transformation when I started coaching I think it was around the May time frame and now here we are in January of the following year. It's been night and day. I mean, I enjoy going to work. I love it. I love the people I work with and I'm kind of hooked on this leadership stuff because I'm capable of it and now that I've gotten a taste of it and seen how it works and got people, you know, doing more of the technical and managerial work, um, I think The sky's the limit. I think we'll knock it out of the park. I think it'll be two, three, fourfold more successful this year than it was last. And by golly, gee, don't let finance be the only uh, metric of success. There's so much more to a business and life and money. When I say things will be two, three, fourfold better, I'm in all areas, like work satisfaction, camaraderie, there, helping businesses grow online with digital marketing, financially. So I'm, I'm really enthused and pumped. I'm going to keep at it. It's working very
0: well. I love it. And based on what I'm hearing and, and getting to know you better, I, I personally love the idea that you're tapped into the idea of learning what this leadership thing is all about and, and bringing more of that to the table. Because I think you're right. It's, it's a, it is an, an overused word. It's, a, it's become an almost meaningless concept because of that, where Uh, it means so many different things to so many people. What, what does it actually mean anymore these days, but what you're bringing to it and the way that you've talked about how it's changed your life and your relationship to your business and how it's changed things for your, your team. And I can only imagine that if you're feeling a lot better and different about your relationship to work, that things are also going to change for you at home and with your family uh, I mean, that when you get talking about leadership, you're talking about making some really significant changes. And, and it sounds like you figured out great ways to improve things for the better.
1: Yes, Martin. Thank you. you know, I really believe EMA's a great choice for coaching. And there's actually a real business case to use you guys' coaching model over just your, your random coach you may find in your city, um, which I think is pretty powerful. You have this history and this curriculum behind it. So not only are you getting that coaching, which you can find in many places, but it comes with like a proven curriculum. So I'm a big believer and I, I researched a ton um, before, you know, I chose to, to go with Kay and frankly, I just wouldn't even go with anybody else. So I think you guys have a great thing going on and I'm you know, trying to get other business centers to, to get on board too. But once again, they have to be ready internally to make that change and commit.
0: Yeah. yep, That's right. That's exactly right. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. I just want to thank you both very honestly, for for taking some time out of your days to talk with us and to talk with everybody that's listening and share some of your story about what it's been like both being a coach in Kay's part and and being a a business owner who started out fleeing a corporate job, (laughs) created your own job for yourself, uh, and then came to realize that, that there's something more. Thanks for listening to Amit by Emith. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. Leave us your comments on our blog at blog.emith.com or email any feedback to info at emith.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or a like on SoundCloud. We'd really appreciate it. You can also schedule a free one-hour session with an EmIth coach and have your own coaching experience at emyth.com. You can learn more about our clients and coaches by visiting our website.